me today for a reading of the scripture. Um, made a slight change. I'm going to begin with verse 7, but it is 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 7 through the end of the chapter, and you can find that on page 1797 in the Pew Bible. Hear the word of God. Now, if the ministry that brought death, which was engraved in letters on stone, came with glory so that the Israelites could not look steadily at the face of Moses because of its glory, fading though it was, will not the ministry of the Spirit be even more glorious? If the ministry that condemns men is glorious, how much more glorious is the ministry that brings righteousness? For what was glorious has no glory now in comparison with the surpassing glory. And if what was fading away came with glory, how much greater is the glory of that which lasts? Therefore, since we have such a hope, we are very bold. We are not like Moses, who put a veil over his face to keep the Israelites from gazing at it while radiance was fading away. But their minds were made dull, for to this day the same veil remains when the Old Covenant is read. It has not been removed, because only in Christ is it taken away. Even to this day, when Moses is read, a veil covers their hearts. But whenever anyone turns to the Lord... The veil is taken away. Now the Spirit, now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And we who with unveiled faces all reflect the Lord's glory are being transformed into his likeness with ever increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. This is the word of God for the people of God. You may be seated. All right, I want to read something, and I have to read it because I don't have it memorized. At one point, I did have it memorized. Had to do it for school, but it says, In Congress, July 4th, 1776, the unanimous declaration of the 13 United States of America, when in the course of human events, it becomes necessary for one people to dissolve the political bands which have connected them with another, and to assume among the powers of the earth the separate and equal station to which the laws of nature and of nature's God entitle them. A decent respect to the opinions of mankind requires that they should declare the causes which impel them to the separation. As I read that, I immediately thought of what this church has recently gone through with our separation because of differences that we could not resolve. Was it the right thing to do? Some will say yes, absolutely. Some will say no. But that is something that we need to decide for ourselves. But regardless, if you look in the back, up on the wall, the flame has been taken down. We just have a cross now. As you know, the cross and flame is a symbol of the United Methodist Church, but now we just have the cross, a symbol of Christianity. A new beginning, a new day for us, just like it was on July 4th, 1776, when the men who represented the United States signed, sorry, they did actually did not sign it that day. They drafted it that day. They didn't sign it, actually, until August 2nd, almost a month later. They had to prepare it, get it ready to send to the King George, and then they signed it. And there was a couple of men that didn't even sign it, though their names are on there. 
So anyway, that's a little bit of history for you, but when we look back at 247 years ago, the changes that occurred as a result of that document. Has anybody ever seen it in the National Archives? I've seen it. Yeah, many of us have. It's, it's really something to behold when you, when you go to Washington, D.C. and you see it. But how many of you think about that when you're watching the fireworks? It's 247 years ago. We probably don't think about it a whole lot. We, we just know the result of what happened all those years ago. But boy, they thought about it back then, and I bet they were probably nervous, excited, looking forward to a new beginning. Well, similar thing happened thousands of years ago. These people who had been enslaved for 400 years were suddenly coming out of Egypt, and they were being led by a man named Moses. And they had freedom, and they were nervous. Some of them wanted to go back. Some were scared. But they still let this man lead them, and they knew God was behind it all. And then one day, Moses comes down carrying from the mountain, carrying these two tablets of stone, and on them are the Ten Commandments. And his face is shining, and they think, we got to follow this man. And they did, until he died. Yeah, Moses died. He led them for 40 years in the wilderness, and then he died. He didn't get to go into the promised land. They carried on that tradition for thousands of years until a man named Jesus came and walked the earth and was performing miracles, and then he died. But he rose again. And then a guy named Paul, some years after that, talks to Jews in Corinth who are kind of torn. You know, do we we stay with the old ways or do we... Except this new thing, and they're really torn about what, what's going on. And, you know, in the coming days, weeks, months, we may be torn too. Do we hang on to some of the old things of the United Methodist Church, or do we embrace the global Methodist Church? Do we do our own thing? So this is a good thing for us to look at. And Paul makes one statement that I really want to focus on today, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Why did he say that? I am so glad we're having communion today because it ties in with this so well. I was asked last night by a friend, why do we have communion? I thought that was a Catholic thing. I was like, oh, thank you, Lord, for letting me answer this one. (laughs) I was excited to be able to answer it. So I thought, you know, maybe there's people here today that may not understand fully why we have communion. And it all ties into Moses and the Passover and Jesus and his death and resurrection. When when Moses brought the Israelites out of Egypt, they celebrated Passover. It's when the Holy Spirit would pass over the house if they had the blood of the lamb on their doorpost. The Holy Spirit would pass over and not kill them. And Jesus then, when he sat down with his disciples the night before he died, he celebrated the Passover, which they had celebrated for years, thousands of years. And they sat down together, and he explained. When he broke the bread, he said, this is my body. We're going to be celebrating communion, so I'm going to go ahead and do it now. 
This is my body broken for you. Take this and eat. Saying that he was going to die on the cross and his body was going to be broken and they were to feed on him. And that didn't make sense. What do you mean? We're not going to eat your body. He wasn't finished yet. He took the cup and he said, this is my blood. Wait a minute, Jesus. That's, that's, that's wine. That's not your blood. It's a symbol of my blood of the new covenant, which he poured out, dying on the cross. So in a sense, he's tying the old to the new. And he even used the words new covenant. They knew they had a covenant with God. It was in the Passover. This is a new covenant, a new understanding, a new beginning, a new day, new freedom. And the difference between the old and the new at that time was to come seven days later in the form of the Holy Spirit. Doesn't mean the Holy Spirit wasn't around, because if you read the Bible, many times the Spirit of God came upon Moses. The Spirit of God came upon David. The Spirit of God came upon Samson. The Spirit of God came upon people many times in the Old Testament. So he wasn't new. But now the Spirit of God wasn't just coming upon them. It was going to dwell within them. And this is how Jesus was symbolizing it. A new beginning. A new understanding. But you see, the problem with the Corinthians, why Paul had to write this letter to them, what we read this morning, is they're hanging on to this guy named Moses. He brought forth the law. Moses represented the law. It was something tangible, something they could see. They, could, they never saw him during this time when Jesus was doing this or when Paul wrote his letter. They didn't see Moses, but they could look back at a man named Moses, much like we can look back at men named Thomas Jefferson, John Hancock, and others who signed the Declaration of Independence. We never saw them, but we look back at their signatures or their representation, and we know that they brought us freedom. To them, Moses brought them freedom. He brought them out of Egypt. And now Jesus is saying, no, that's human. God is a spirit. And where the Spirit of God is, there is freedom. It's a new kind of freedom that you're experiencing now. We need to look past the things that we can hold on to and we can say, this is whatever. We need to think in our minds, we can't see the Spirit of God. We can't see God himself, but we know he's real. And when we change our minds to think like that, and when we take communion, we remember it, and it all ties in to changing our minds so that God can change us. Well, how's God changing us? Well, one very important thing that we need to remember. If we read the Old Testament, we read about the sacrifices, we read about the altar, we read all kinds of things. Day of Atonement. People sin, and we read about their sins. Man, Jacob, one of the best-known people in the Bible, that guy was a swindler. And look what David did, committed adultery. But yet they're prominent people. So we see all these sins, and God says, Jesus died 
His body was broken. His blood was shed so that I remember the sins no more. So Paul also says, that which brought condemnation, the law was very condemning. If you do this, stoned to death. That's condemning. Guess what? People still do those things in 2023. But we don't stone them, do we? And not because of the laws of the land, because of what Jesus did. He brought what brought condemnation now brings righteousness. What brought death now brings life. But we don't see it. We simply believe it in our hearts, and that is what brings it forth. I know it's so difficult to understand at times. How is it that just believing, but I know I still do these things, Lord. But you know what God says? They're forgiven. This is new. That's real freedom. It's not just freedom from slavery in Egypt. He's talking freedom from penalty of death, the penalty of sin. Freedom from everything. And that's what he brought. We have freedom, not just in America, but in our lives with the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's what he wanted us to know. And that's why he instituted this. That's why we partake of this. Not because it's a religious ritual, It's because we actually remember that he took that bread and he said, this is my body broken for you. Can you imagine what the disciples thought in that moment? What do you mean? You're 33 years old. What do you mean broken? They knew that meant death. You know, in modern day, Jesus said, this is my body, which is about to be killed. But when he said broken, they knew what what he meant. What are you talking about? And then your blood is going to be poured out. Where are you going, Jesus? Why? But he had to be the sacrifice for us to be forgiven. He had to do it. They didn't understand at the moment, but they did in time. They understood that his body was broken and his blood was shed. Because then, as he promised, the Holy Spirit can then come and dwell within you. And the fact that the Holy Spirit is now dwelling within us, if we believe, there's so much we can do. We have so much freedom. We have so much power, so much authority. God is still the final authority. God is still the final power. We We are nothing without him. But because he is here in us, we have incredible freedom. It's great to celebrate the 4th of July and celebrate the freedom we have in the United States, and it is a great country. And yeah, there's a lot of people that try to ruin it, but we won't get into that. We're not going to take sides. We have freedom. But even that freedom, as great as it is, that all kinds of people want to come to America and find it, that's nothing compared to the freedom that we have because we are indwelled by the Holy Spirit. Because see, even though we have freedom in the United States, it can be taken away at any time. We can be destroyed at any time. But with the freedom we have because of the Holy Spirit in us, it can't be taken away. No, 
Paul said in Romans chapter 8, there is nothing that can separate you from the love of God. Nothing. And he made a whole list of things. He covered demons. He covered people. He covered sins. He covered it all. They can't take it away from you. And they can't take your life. For we have eternal life now with the Lord because of this sacrifice. So Paul's trying to show this is what you had. This is what you saw. This is what you don't see. This is what you have now. Isn't it greater? It's greater. Much greater. So as we celebrate the 4th of July this year, and we think about, if we think about, what our forefathers did, and thank you for what they've done. Well, we thank them for, I mean, that was a bold thing to do, to file those grievances against the king of England, to proclaim freedom. Changed our lives, for sure. But let's thank God every day, not just when we see the fireworks go off. Let's thank God every day for the freedom we have in the Lord Jesus Christ. Because what he's changing in us, as I was telling the the kids in the children's message, we don't see the changes that he's making, but we see the results. And if you let him, he will change you more and more every day. It's a process that we go through, and we call it life. And some of the things that he changes is that we get older, we become wiser. We become more, have more understanding, more knowledge. We grow closer to him. But what about when we fall back? Don't think about that. Don't let that condemn you. Because what he said, what brought condemnation is now righteousness. We are the righteousness of God through our faith in Jesus Christ. There is no condemnation for what we do. It doesn't give us free reign to do whatever we want because why would we do that? Let me give you an example and then we'll, we'll start communion. If I go up to Tanya and I just slap her in the face and I say, oh, I'm sorry. And I'm really, really sorry, Tanya. And she says, okay, I forgive you. And then I slap her again. Am I really sorry? No. And if I do it a third time, I'm in trouble. <laughs> no, I'm in trouble after the first time. But anyway, what I'm saying is, if we just continue to sin because God forgave us, it's just like slapping Tanya in the face. It's a slap in the face of God. But if I start to fall and I accidentally hit Tanya, she catches my fall. That's different, right? She's still going to be mad at me, though, I'll tell you that. (laughs) But what I'm saying is, when we willfully, purposely say, I'm going to sin, and you know, there's a lot of factors that go into that we don't really have time to talk about today, but God still forgives those things. Because he forgives them, that should be enough for us to not want to do them and work with him and that's the thing that changes on us in the in, on the inside. Maybe not right away, maybe not overnight, but over time, he draws that out because he is extremely patient. So 
if you slap Tanya in the face and you say, oh my gosh, I, I did it again, Lord, I'm sorry, don't condemn yourself. Tanya might be mad at you, but God's not going to be mad at you, okay? He will forgive you. But please don't slap Tanya in the face because then I might get mad. <laughs> All right. So just remember the incredible freedom we have. As you come forward today to take communion, just take a moment to reflect on that incredible freedom from sin. Because even if we still do sin, we are free from it. God's not keeping a list and saying, ah, oh, you know, you just hit the threshold one more and you're done. No, he doesn't do that. He said, I made your list before you were born, and I put it in the grave with Jesus. That's what this is, a remembrance of that, taking all those wrongs and putting them in the grave and raising him up without them. That's what communion is. That's why we celebrate it. So just think about that as you come forward today. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for our freedom. Our freedom in the United States, the rights that we have, the, the way we live, the, the government we have. Lord, we are so thankful for what you established in this nation so that we could freely distribute the gospel around the world. Thank you. But more than that, Lord, we thank you for the freedom we have in our Lord Jesus Christ. And we ask you now, Lord, as we partake in this sacrament of communion, that you will pour out your spirit upon what has been prepared. That while we nourish our bodies with it, even a small amount of nourishment, that it's more nourishing our souls and our minds and our spirit to your greater understanding. Lord, let whatever divides us be completely removed from this place today, that what unifies us in Jesus Christ carries us forth this day. We ask these things of you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Beth, do you want to